Hey guys, I'm Adam Rappaport, and this is the Monarchy Foodcast. All right, this week we are starting with Carla, Lolly Music, and Chris Morocco talking about, uh, as they call it, quote-unquote, off-label uses for chopsticks. Carla's been wanting to do a chopstick podcast, like, forever. And on this episode, um, she and Chris talk about all the uses for chopsticks that aren't as an eating utensil or as a cooking tool in the traditional way. And then after that, Carla interviews Gabby Melian, our test kitchen manager, about what exactly her job entails. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you that Molly Boz, Andy Bergani, and I will be at Outside Lands Music Festival in San Francisco's majestic Golden Gate Park. The festival runs August 9th to 11th, and we will be hosting, programming, taking over the Gastro Magic food stage on Saturday, August 10th. There'll be food demos and all sorts of chicanery on stage with us, as well as performances and sort of co-hosting cooking duties by Jimmy O. Yang and Ella May and Cupcake and Big Wild. Uh, Jessica Kozlow from Squirrel is also going to be joining us. So you should check that out. And there will also be tons of music by people like Paul Simon and Childish Gambino, Leon Bridges, and many, many more. Uh, Overall, the festival features 80 restaurants, 45 wineries, 30 breweries, and six cocktail bars, all in Golden Gate Park. So you can get tickets for this uh, bonanza at sfoutsidelands.com. That is sfoutsidelands.com. And we will be taking over the Gastro Magic stage all day, Saturday, August 10th. Hope to see you there. Come by and say hi. All right. And now here's the show. This is it. This is us. I guess this is it. This is a single topic chopstick program. We fought hard for this. It took months. Months. It shouldn't have to take that long. I mean, I think we were in like preliminary planning stages (laughs) actually for years. I believe that that's true. And I think that the thing that made me realize that there was an untold story about chopsticks was when you were working on that uh, some giant braise. I think it was a pork mm. shoulder. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was having to be in the kitchen, and I looked over, and you were checking for doneness. Yeah. You weren't shredding. You weren't pulling apart with a pair of tongs. You weren't using two forks. All of the things that we would maybe write into a recipe. No, you had a chopstick, and you were going multiple spots, like jamming that chopstick in there and wiggling around and thinging and then finding another spot i was like chris morocco what <laughs> is happening with you in that chopstick you were like oh it's just the best way to check for the doneness of a braised meat and i was like really i don't know when i came to believe that but like but it's true i do believe it like i do believe it well it's funny right because people are always telling you to poke at things with a paring knife right like oh just just try just poke it with a paring knife you know <laughs> And it's like, I don't know. I mean, my paring knives are like, they're not the sharpest knives in the drawer. They're also not that long. They're still like pretty pokey and they're not that long. And if you're trying to stick something into something like a big cut of meat, like a pork shoulder, you know, or something, some big braise, a leg of lamb, what have you, something that has a point on it is going to want to slide in more readily. Totally. You know, than like the actual level of doneness. It's actually would a blade. So, yeah. yeah, it slides in because it's sharp. Right. Yeah. It's like extra pointy. Whereas like a chopstick <laughs> is like there's a point on it. It'll slide in, but it's not really going to slide into 
raw meat right easily at all right and because it's straight and relatively flat you know you can then torque it one way and the other to kind of gauge how much does this meat how do these you know do these meat fibers really want to separate and kind of get shreddy and pulled apart like a fork that's great for actually shredding right meat like that is done right you know with two forks or whatever but if you have a chopstick just giving it like you know sticking a fork in there like because of the bend of the fork it's not i don't know it's kind of working against you totally so this is targeted it is firm it's the correct length it's a correct that's what i was gonna say it's not like a paring knife to get to the center of a pork you're shoulder you're 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 at the hilt in, yeah like half three quarters of an inch like totally you're not getting anywhere so yeah. sure you could poke around the whole perimeter i mean would you poke it with a chef's knife no no that would that's be crazy insane. do we want to slice it in half no so really and then there's cake testers for very fine checking which mm -hmm. is great for i wouldn't necessarily use a chopstick to check the doneness of a roasted potato for example sure because you blow a pretty big hole in it so there's cake testers for that or like a salmon filet or something yeah. whatever right but that was when i was like something's going because you were twerking that mm -hmm. was the thing you were like twerking kinda. not twerking <laughs> <laughs> twerking 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 and moving that chopstick around and you were like oh i'm just getting a really good sense of things and when things don't need a big deep explanation that's when you know that they're like true yeah the other sort of very seminal moment when we had an eye-opening experience about chopsticks i think was when i reached into your cubby at your island to take out some butter. almond butter yeah which you have regularly mm -hmm. there and it was in a pretty shallow like pint container and it, it was that classic thing like all of the almond butter is at the bottom very dense very firm kind of dry and then it had all the nut oil floating on the top well i just can't handle something like that the way that my mind works, this is like a problem that needs to be solved right I away. I can kind of live with it, but you have you were taken like, oh. my nut butter on as like a personal <laughs> mission. And I am totally okay with that. <laughs> and we were having our food department meeting and I was like, I'm just going to do this. And I remember you saying, oh, I just kind of like scoop some up from the bottom and get some of the, and like, it all works out in the end. I was like, I, I can't, I can't operate like that. But to properly incorporate it is so much well, work. Well, you know what you do? You use a freaking chopstick. So then I stood there at our food department meeting and kind of stirred and stirred and stirred. And I do it at home all the time. That wasn't like the first time I did it. I do it yeah. at home with the natural peanut butter, mm -hmm. which has the same sure. thing, but like in a jar with some depth. So the bottom, maybe whatever that is, two inches of your peanut butter get really dry and firm and all the oils at the top. And if you use, I've done it all, if you use a spatula, there's too much displacement. Yep. You use a knife and you're just like really, it's just a, the paddleness of the knife kind of pushes things around but doesn't really get through like a butter mm -hmm. knife. Yeah. And so one day at home I was just like, it's chopsticks or die. Because you can go all the way to the bottom with the chopstick and then really once you have that hole, then the oil flows down into the hole that you just made and gets down to the bottom yep. layer and you can torque it, not mm -hmm. twerk it. <laughs> and like really, and then within, within a couple of minutes, you've got yeah. smooth peanut no, I've, butter I've, again. I've watched you work and it, it, it is definitely <laughs> something to behold because you're very dogged, you know, there's just kind of like this repeated sort of stabbing, pushing, yep. 
poking motion. And then well, when things loosen up, the satisfaction is just, it's I mean, huge. it's immeasurable. Yeah, no. I mean, and obviously, like, incorporated nut butter is, like, a joy relative to unincorporated nut butter, you know, with, like, that floating layer of oil that, like, just wants to spill at, like, the slightest touch and everything. And then greasy nut butter inside your cubby. Yeah. Oh, for good. sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean... So there's all these like funny little like ways that we use them, you know, that are like not obviously specifically eating with. Right. 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 Of course. Which Let's is, just like, say the obvious thing that clearly chopsticks right. main usage is as a eating utensil. Which at which they excel. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're talking about off label. Off label uses for chopsticks. Yeah. The other thing that I was thinking was like, I was thinking back to the Bad Saint grilling story that ran in our June kind of grilling uh, story this year. And Chef Tom Cunanan, the chef at Bad Saint, he like, I don't know where this vision exactly came from, but I was like, oh, how, what kind of skewers do you want to use, you know, for these, for like this chicken? Because he they had were like this, chicken quarters, right? Yeah, they were chicken quarters. And he had this elaborate way of sort of threading skewers. You know, he just had this vision of using raw wooden skewers, but like thick ones, you know, of like a nice, like pleasantly dense wood. Right. He sharpened each one, you know, with his knife. He just like kind of cut it the way like you do, like with a pencil when you can't find a pencil sharpener. That's how my dad sharpens all the pencils (laughs) with a paring knife. And and then he used um, these chopsticks as skewers. And what was really cool was, you know, unlike wooden skewers, which they have a tendency to burn yeah. and then fall to pieces. They swan they're a splinter. very thin. Right. And they're, they're cheap. so thin. They're, yeah, they're ridiculously cheap. And even if you soak them in water, I'm sorry, that like buys you two minutes. Yeah. That's it, you yeah. know? And then you have like these broken, sad skewers of like meat that you spent a lot of time working on. And the problem was with the chicken was it needed to be on the grill for like 45 minutes. Right. So these held up beautifully. They didn't go anywhere. And then it was almost like you you just served the chicken on the skewer. So, but the skewer, was he actually, was a chopstick? It was so a he chopstick. Sharpened he sharpened chopsticks. A regular chopstick. Yeah. Because it was, it's a thick enough gauge and right. the wood is like dense enough to right. kind of resist burning to a certain extent so way this, more. Sorry. Yeah. So this was, that was a bone in whole chicken breast with the wing. But with then the wing. if I'm remembering correctly, didn't for the leg quarter, which is the thigh and drumstick piece, didn't he also use he them also, to kind of yeah. open up the angle? So instead of it kind of having like more of a 90 degree angle between the thigh and the drumstick, it like opened it up so more yes. heat could get to that, also that inside. He cut the meat away from the bone, like right. on the bone side of the leg. And then he, so it kind of was like almost like flayed open right. a little bit. And also used a chopstick there to kind of hold that meat open and kind of like open up a little bit like the angle of the leg. Right. That makes sense. Um, And also, again, like, so you have something to hold on to when you're turning and manipulating this meat, you know, with the heat of the grill and everything, um, you know, which is which is huge. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with metal skewers, but sometimes the question is, okay, great. Like, do you have them? Right. Oh, no. Exactly. Like, well, what which ones do you have? Do you have those like freakish like 14 inch ones? Right. Like where you're making like two skewers to feed like 30 people. Like, exactly. That's like weird look. Right. And you can't keep that necessarily in your equipment caddy that's right by the stove. So in my the left and the right side of my stovetop, mm-hmm. I've got two, you know, ceramic 
tubs, yeah. basically. And they've got, that's where all the wooden spoons are and the spatulas and the whisks and the those things. And now that's where my chopsticks are. Yeah. They oh, just yeah. need to be at the ready. Because well, that's the other thing. You just, you might not think of them when they're in your drawer. But if you start thinking of them as, as like. a cooking tool. A handy little piece of equipment. I yeah. mean, this one we didn't talk about pri- previously, but I ju- it just came into my head because yeah. I was visualizing my kitchen. The back of the toaster oven when, you know, if you've got toast loaded all the way and you need to shimmy toast to the front so you don't burn your wrists. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Chopstick. Well, also Slide fishing in. toast out of like a, a like a two or four <laughs> slot toaster. You yeah, know, you don't, get that do that with a metal, there. don't do that with a metal skewer. No, absolutely no. not. <laughs> Fire Marshal Bill does not recommend. Um, and my other daily, this is not like super high you know, technical difficulty, but I use Zojirushi, as many people know, as my drinking container, and I brew tea in that every morning. Right now, I'm on a big PG Tips. Tra- oh, yeah. I love PG Tips. I've gone through lots of tea It's trends. like real tea. It's like it, tea that gives coffee a run for its money. It, <laughs> that is exactly right. It is highly caffeinated, so malty, mm. but it comes in tea bags that don't have a string oh yeah they're the the pyramid they're right? they're just the they're yeah they are they are pyramid and also you can get 80 of them for 449 i mean it's just a t- oh sure so i'm back on a pg tips thing and even with a tea bag with a a string as soon as you pour the hot water and that just like all goes oh, into yeah. the thing so it's kind of a tall narrow cylinder and there's no better tool for fishing out oh, tea no. bags yeah. than the chopstick so if any of you are making sun tea perhaps mm-hmm. this summer you want to go fishing around down there use use either one or two chopsticks right extraction absolutely i love these japanese plating yeah chopsticks. chris has these brought are the most of- beautiful pair of chopsticks they're wooden beautiful wooden handle on the bottom with a then a black in the middle yeah like a little like section of like bone or something and then it trans transitions into a very long, very sharp. What is that made of? This is stainless steel. Stainless steel. Yeah, coming to a quite a point. Yes, it's quite a point. I mean, it can it can poke you bad, you know. But the <laughs> point is, like, these are not for eating. These are specifically for cooking for- and specifically for plating. Um, you know, so uh, what I love about these is they have a handle that's a perfect cylinder. So when you need like a tiny little rolling pin for mm. like a little like wonton wrapper, or you've got some sort of like ravioli or like tortellini situation happening, or, you know, you want to like press like two little bits of dough together, or, like do your wonton oh. kind of like lamination, you know, like this, it's got like a lovely flat circular end that makes like really you know it's like really even for pressing things like you know really like in you know kind of minute and controlled it looks like really nice wood too that's very it's not gonna splinter and you're not putting that in the dishwasher no no these are great to cook with to grill with you know to kind of move things around with you know i I also want to specify like you know there's a whole kind of like world of chopsticks you know, there are metal chopsticks, there are, you know, cylindrical, conical chopsticks, there are, you know, kind of more like squared off chopsticks, you know, they have lacquer, they have raw wood, they are fancy or not fancy, there are disposable chopsticks, obviously, you know, in like various like grades, <laughs> depending on how much, you know, you, you you know, we're like trying to pay for, you know, takeout or what level of like restaurant you're at, right. you know, where some restaurants have obviously like reusable, like beautiful chopsticks, right. um, and other 
others. It's just like, you know, it's just like the, the standard ones snap open. balsa wood. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think like there's something to be said for this kind of like middle of the road. They can't cost more than a few bucks yeah. for a pair. You right. know, and it's just this sort of like lacquered or sort of finished or painted wood. Um, you know, and it's just there's no like metal tip or anything. Right. But they just have like a nice fine point. Like they're not going to stab you or hurt you. But they these are like these are my my kind of bread and butter. These actually like this shun came and dropped off knives for us like years and years ago and gave us all these sets chopsticks. of their chopsticks. And we still have some. Wow. That's that's theirs. Cool. Um, it's like super rad. I bet they're good also for like a, you know, a small single serving of salad to be dressed Mm-hmm. And like obviously for noodles, like getting the dressing all in and around, using your chopsticks as a turner and a flipper and a stretcher outer and a putter back downer. Mm-hmm. I think this yeah. is great for anyone who thinks that they have every piece of equipment and like loves buying kitchen equipment, but is kind of like I have everything. If you don't have chopsticks, this is like going to the a fancy pencil store. Totally. Like you're gonna lose your mind. Yeah. They all do the same thing. But how they feel but in your hand. Do it so differently. Exactly. Yeah. It's so special. So, yeah, I, I recommend picking up, like, reusable chopsticks, not necessarily expensive ones. Disposable chopsticks, like, are as, you know, is in the description. Right. Disposable. So they're just not going to last, you know, longer than one or two rodeos at right. a stretch. But you're washing these and putting them back in the caddy. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Shout out to chopsticks. Yeah, chopsticks. Get some. All right, welcome Gabby to the podcast. Ta-da! It's just pretty funny to me, like as a person who I see 20 times a day, <laughs> every time I come into the test kitchen, I've never seen you in this room. Nope. First nope. timers. First timers. Very happy. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you. Yeah. Okay, so Gabby, a lot of people are very curious about your job. They see you in the videos. They've seen you in your own videos. You've written some articles, very popular articles yeah. on bonappetit.com, but I think a lot of people don't understand what your job really is. Me neither. <laughs> so your official title is Test Kitchen Manager. Test Kitchen Manager. And the person who had this job before you is the only other person to hold the title is Mr. Brad Leone, our right. video host. So when Brad, and you guys worked together for a while before you took his yes. seat at the table. So when you were taking over from Brad, did he have any wise words for you? I want to say not exactly when he handed me over the keys, but one thing I always got from Brad is a a little phrase. You probably heard him saying it. Anytime I got upset about something or frustrated or whatever, um, he would say, don't worry. Tomorrow is another day. So if I got to take anything away from Brad, it's that. that Him being younger, you know, like, I, I, he taught me that. And anytime I'm going through, like, a moment, right. I'm like, yeah, tomorrow is another day. Perfect. Okay. That sounds like Brad to me. And one of your big responsibilities or time-consuming responsibilities is all the deliveries that are coming in every day. And... You know, if we're developing every recipe in the kitchen, that's a lot of food coming in and out. And we do have a professional size walk in. What would you say is the thing that takes up like the most amount of room in our walk in? 
Brad Scrap. Brad Scrap. <laughs> yeah, he does have like still a couple shelves. He well, it's down to one. Uh-huh. Narrow it to one and a tiny corner. I will say, besides that, and I'm not complaining. The nuts. We have nuts. a big selection of nuts. Yeah, we didn't always keep the nuts in the walk-in. No. Tell, talk about this. This well, was a change. Yeah, we used to have them in the freezer. I mean, they have a longer shelf life if when you keep them refrigerated. Right. At home, I keep them in my freezer, but I have like two or three little baggies of nuts. Here, we have every single nut that we need. So since video moved into the that area of the kitchen Uh yes i it was kind of difficult every time we needed like some sort of nut to get the camera guys to move so i gave a whole shelf to the nuts okay so it really wasn't about like the storage of the nuts exactly it was more just access to the nuts right i do find with them in the walk-in i'm more inclined to take a handful I, I have found, to say I found many of the boxes open yeah and I, I feel like people little, are, are like mouse. oh <laughs> handful of nuts yeah yes. totally I'm then like if yes. I grab a yogurt and then I grab a handful of nuts and I'm we like, also I mean second to that we have a big collection of like every single Asian sauce yeah soy sauces vinegars yeah that takes quite a bit of a space too yeah yeah. Okay. So another, in addition to deliveries coming into the kitchen, sometimes there are things that you have to go out into the world to get. And we're lucky we live in New York City. We have mm-hmm. access to pretty much any ingredient. Can you remember like the most hard to find or for this distance that you had to go to get something? I think I know the answer. The masa for yeah. Rick. It took me like a whole day. Rick, Rick was working on his tamales. I think so. I and he sent you. I feel like you went to like the outer edge of yes. Queens. Yes, like the last stop on the A train, <laughs> and then some. Like I have to walk. So you're basically at JFK. Yes, and I was walking in a neighborhood that I never been before, and luckily everybody spoke Spanish, so it was easier to find it. But I have to walk like block after block and I think it was pretty hard. And this was to get fresh masa? Yes, fresh masa that this place only had it available certain times of the day. <laughs> it was just like a nightmare. Were you successful at least? Yes. You didn't yes. have to go twice. No. But I remember you did come back cursing his name. Yes. And then like weeks after the lady reached out to me and she said if you ever need any more We'll deliver to you. <laughs> and I wanted to kill him. <laughs> That's classic, Rick. Rick in the end will be like, no, I know that no one's actually going to do this in the recipe, but like, shouldn't we develop it with the best masa that we can find? I'm like, yeah, you get on the train then. <laughs> Love you, Rick Martinez. All right. Another big part of your day that never stops. This is like for me having children and for you the children of the food editors yes hardest part of the kitchen to keep organized the spice cabinet the spice cabinet no doubt i reorganized it just because i my ocd kicks in just to keep it because you have it in alphabetical order i know i do it once a week at least (laughs) and now i'm like starting a new process changing the containers that are going to be like rectangular instead of yeah that would be nice containers so they they sort of like going to take less room but it's 
hard. And so just so for people at home, the the spice cabinet is not like the part of your drawer that has that no. shelf that has like the different heights of spice jars on it. Our spice cabinet is a double door. Six foot tall. Six foot tall seven. metal locker, basically, yes. that uh, is organized from eye level down to your ankles with every dry spice we have dried flowers. We have a whole section of like Mediterranean specific spices. Yep. So from A, aniseed to za'atar. Right. In court containers, pint containers. Because we, you know, we, we buy that stuff in larger quantities. Right. And we move through it. But I was in there the other day. I was like, we have three different things of telecherry peppercorns. Right, no. You know, telecherry? Telecherry. I say telecherry, but I am not from this country, so... <laughs> If you you want to understand me, understand me. (laughs) Okay, and then part of this is also you get to know everybody's habits really well, right? yes. So let's talk about uh, Molly Boz. Okay. What food item is Molly asking you to order the most? Lately, Fresnos. Fresno chilies. Yes. She's on a ch- fresh chili yeah. kick. Mm-hmm. They're hard to find sometimes. Not everybody has them. It's like Surprising. you can always find a jala- jalapeno. You can always get a serrano. But no fresnos. She wants them because they're red. Yeah. Yeah, she's thinking they visually. They look pretty. They yeah. do. Where do you get them? I got them, like, last time at Whole Foods, but uh-huh. also they are not available all the time. Like, I have to, like, check out my sources. <laughs> also, you can't <laughs> order a lot because they go bad. Right. So... You know. Okay. It's and then Andy Bergani, what is his like secret stash that he's got in his little region? I have to say his region is the emptiest. Like he has room to put other stuff. He doesn't like to collect things. But I have seen like the occasional jar of pickles. Random his, pickles? Yes, with spoon inside. And he has a bunch of vinegars or I think they're vinegars. In addition to the walk-in, which is our kind of industrial refrigerated room that you walk into and it's got a door, like in those scary movies when people get locked in their walk-in, <laughs> that's a walk-in refrigerator, like a walk-in <laughs> closet. Right. But then in the main area of the kitchen, we also have kind of double deck. They look like regular refrigerators, but they're split in half. So we right. call them the reach-in. Because you, re- you reach, reach in. in. <laughs> <laughs> but they really are just like a refrigerator. They right. just have a door. They're larger than a house refrigerator. Right. Yeah. You can get a big sheet pan in there. Yeah. And that's where each, in addition to like the walk-in is where everything is stored in bulk. But in the reach-in, it's kind of like you might have your own stash of groceries that you're going to use in that day. You right. bring it, a, it's because it's closer to the actual workstations. I know what Andy has. Also. What does Andy have? Container of two of like cottage cheese. Oh, interesting. Some protein Yeah, shake. so for a while he had all those tubs of protein powder yes. like everywhere. So I that's know. not so much in his region, but in his little shelf cubby. But there were these liquid form Yeah, he was good. Well, someone sent him liquid ones, but then he had tons of different powders. I know. This is when, I feel like he's not so hardcore on that right now. No. He, like he was when he was eating eight, six eggs a day. Now he's doing like peanut butter with egg whites. Right. Something like that. Yeah. He this puts himself through a lot. You know? I know. It's a hard it's To a look hard beautiful. Life. I know. It's hard being beautiful. <laughs> Love you, Andy. <laughs> and then on the other hand, so if Andy has kind of a pretty, has some available space in his oh, yeah. refrigerator, talk about Chris. His neighbor. His neighbor, yeah. No space. No space. No. They're like Elvis and Costello. Yeah, kinda. you need to like move things in order to 
like you know give one out and put two more inside a lot of hot sauces hot sauces and surprisingly i just noticed recently has a bunch of vermouth bottles oh vermouth yes it has like five or six bottles <laughs> sitting in there. Who that, needs that much vermouth? I think he was developing something a while back. Maybe a cocktail? No. It's so weird. It's still in there. Huh. He might not know. Let's he might not know ver- now. vermouth party after this. Um, we just came up from, I just happened to go down to the kitchen because I was hungry and hoping some food was going to be yeah. there and ended up eating both potato salad and pasta bolognese. What do you find is the hardest thing to resist if it um, ends up on that kind of communal counter where people can get family meal? You can just, you just said it. Everything with a P, pizza, pasta. Potatoes. Potatoes, ribs. Ribs. <laughs> we went through a period last week that Those I think I have. Those boy ribs. Yes. Yeah. I think I have ribs like twice a day every day for, for like <laughs> two weeks straight, like no shame. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like if it's good, you're going to eat it. But what are right. the things that you can be like, I just stay away? I don't have a hard time saying no to sweets. Uh-huh. I mean, I like to try them, but I can stop that. Contrary to like savory. If it's right. like a nice dip or something crunchy. But you're also, you roll into work every almost every day with a big mason jar with I know. green juice. Oh, uh, my green juice. Yeah. This is disgusting. What is this? What's your <laughs> recipe? I put blueberries, coconut water, greens, like mostly kale, uh-huh. big kale, uh, almond butter, blended. In a blender. Yeah, Vitamix. Huh. That's it. That's Every it. Every day, rain or shine. And the blueberry doesn't make it get, like, thick? It gets a little thicker, but I put enough um, coconut water, like two cups. That's a That's lot of I antioxidants. Said. I know. That's and hydrating. I, I'm 150, nobody can tell. <laughs> so if you start the day with like your green juice with your blueberries, do you feel like after that, you know, because it's going to go off the rails? I can hold my appetite for a while. Sometimes it's like one o'clock, I'm not still hungry. That's why I always have an alarm right. at 1 p.m. Oh, you do? Oh, you didn't know? No. Oh, you never heard it? No. 1 p.m. And it says eat. Really? So I remind myself that I have to eat because sometimes I'm not hungry. Wow. So I make sure I munch something. Because you're running around and you like right. n- sometimes don't realize and then it. two o'clock hits and I will kill someone. Right. For a bite of food. <laughs> Hangry Gabby. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is so interesting. I should have one of those for to drink water. It works. Yeah. One it o'clock. Works. Yeah. Huh. Mine would go off and I would be like, why is this alarm going off? (laughs) It would take me a minute. Um, All right. I know that you love the kitchen. Yes. We all do. But. Love my job. If there was one thing you could change about the kitchen, what would it be? I wish we have windows. Window. What? We do have windows. Windows that open. Oh. We have these giant windows that overlook the Oculus and (laughs) Trinity um, Church. No, they're beautiful. But I wish we had like fresh air. You would like to get a breath of fresh air up on the 35th floor? Cool. See if like some pigeons show up maybe. Oh, that'd be fun. We should put a bird feeder. I also wish. The next time the window washers come, let's like get somehow get them a bird feeder. That would be cool. To a little hole with uh-huh. diamond Okay, cutters. so you wish the windows would open. Right. Um, and sometimes I wish there was, like, 
sort of like we all we we kind of lost the coziness. There is no coziness anymore. It's so big. Yeah. People get impressed when they walked in. Yeah. So sometimes you get like lost going from one side to the other. Right. I start one thing and then I'm you know right. running around. Yeah, that is one thing about having a big kitchen. It's you can It's a huge kitchen. Right. And it's a lot of ground to cover every yeah. day. I bet you get a lot of steps. Do you wear a pedometer? No, I should get one of those. I bet you get a lot yeah, of steps. Yeah. Also because you're little. So and I also walk my dog. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I used to tell Brad. When, whenever the first or second time he sent me to shop at Whole Foods, that's like three blocks from here, when I came back, he asked me what took me so long. And I literally looked at him and I say, my legs are half the size of yours. So. It takes more time. Yes. Okay. And last question. Yes. Would you be comfortable giving up a secret about the test kitchen that no one could ever know from watching the YouTube? Well, most people probably don't know that we have a washer and dryer in the back. Do we still have lactate now that Emil is uh, only here some of the time? No, we run out and I keep ordering it. Yes. <laughs> One of the great joys of my life was developing an ice cream story with lactose intolerant Emil. And every day you would give him the lactate. Yes. It was so sweet. I know. Poor <laughs> he kid. would go to you, Gabby. I need like two at least. Me, <laughs> No, we don't have. I should buy some lactate. We have a lot of like. Headache. Headache, yeah. What do you have for wanting to kill people? Well, I also have my aloe vera plant. Oh, yeah, burns. the aloe vera plant. That is Has very... anybody burned themselves? Has anybody used it for a yes. burn? No, I no, burned no. Molly the other day in a video. I, wish oh. I, could. I was holding a sheet pan. I just nailed her in the back of the arm. Ouch. But I wish I had remembered the aloe would it's have been It's in perfect. the back. Yeah, it's in the back. I have to like put it in a bigger pot. Cool. This is getting like out of control. All right, Gabby, thank you. No, thank you. This Come was back. Th- Come back sooner rather than later. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced by Carrie Polis and Christina Che and produced and edited by Emma Wartsman. Our theme music is by Nathaniel Wartsman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.